Hey guys, today I'm here with light heavyweight kickboxing champion Andrew Tate, who is also very anti-PC, anti-social justice warrior, which is very awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Andrew. I really appreciate your time. No problem. Yeah, okay, so to get started, we'll do political questions right after, but could you please just give a quick introduction of yourself, more like your professional background and how you were raised? Yeah, absolutely. I was born and raised in, I was born in Washington, D.C., uh, so the capital of America, you know, yeah. Baldy, blah, blah. Um, grew up in Indiana till around the age of 10 and then uh, moved to London shortly after that. My father was a professional chess player and also was an intelligence officer in the CIA. He was a linguist. Wow. So, yeah. So my dad, um, I, nowadays, I guess if the CIA or the NSA, they need somebody to speak English, there's plenty of European countries where Russian is, a, uh, sorry, if they need somebody speaks Russian, there's plenty of European countries where Russian is a second language, like Lithuania, et cetera. But back then in the 80s, if they needed someone who could speak Russian, who they could trust, they'd take a native and teach them Russian from the ground up. So mm -hmm. he was one of those people who they, they grabbed and they, they taught Russian from the ground up. And that was his job as well as being a chess grandmaster. So he's a that pretty smart guy. so cool. Wait, so how did that affect your life? In, in what way him being in the CIA? Was there, did you move a lot or how did that Yeah, I mean, we, we, were, we were in Berlin when the wall fell. I remember wow. that. Um, but when you're a kid, you know, all these psychologists and all these modern people are saying, you know, the kid moves around, it's bad for him. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. I, I, we were moving around, but I was happy. I had my brother and, and, yeah. and my family, so I was happy. But we were in Germany. We were in England. We were based in uh, America for a while. We, we, we were all over the place for a while, yeah. But when my mom and dad split up, I moved with my mother to England. So we came to England. I was in London when I was around 11, and I stayed there for about on and off for about 12 to 13 years and now and then i've moved into europe so i'm living in eastern europe now living in romania so and you off the grid. and you started with chess right but then you switched to kickboxing because the... yeah i absolutely my dad was a chess player so obviously it was the natural yeah. progression for me i wanted to be a chess player too and you spend four or five hours a day dedicated to that game to be honest with you the reason i changed over is because when i moved to london i lost my chess coach and england didn't have the same kind of mm -hmm. chess scene that america did but I'm kind of glad I did because I don't know if I had, as smart as I think I am, the mental capacity to be as good as these guys are. I mean, being I'm a world champion kickboxer now, that's fine. Being a world champion chess player, I genuinely believe is more difficult. And when I was around the, when I was at the chess tournaments and around these kind of people, mm -hmm. it's crazy how intelligent they are. It's ridiculous how yeah. smart these people are. Like, really like Bobby crazy. Fisher, I really like Bobby Fisher, so I've done a ton of research on him. I think he actually, he seemed like he had Asperger's syndrome, maybe, just by the way he was. Well, all of, be wrong, they all but, do. Every, yeah. Everyone who's at that level has mm -hmm. something a little bit wrong with them because you can't, you can't be that good without being slightly autistic here or mm -hmm. slightly this. Or, to remember every, my, my dad remembered every chess game he's ever played. You'd name a grandmaster. Yeah, I know. You'd name a grandmaster. He said, I played him in 1984, and he'd just start going through the entire game. That it's, is it's amazing. It's ridiculous. And, and I don't think I have a brain. You know, my brain's a bit too normal to go down that path. These guys are, <laughs> these guys are on, wired on a different level. So, and, yeah. that, and you look, Bobby, Bobby Fisher's proof of that. You can mm -hmm. see how he yeah, he, he definitely probably had Asperger's. I, I actually have three family members who have Asperger's syndrome, so I know it well. And and a, for a lot of people, I think they, they regard it as a con as some things, but there there are a lot of pros to having Asperger's, uh, I, I think, from, from the way I've seen observing my family members who have it. You mentioned that you were kickboxing uh, world champion. It's four times, right? Four times world champion, yeah. I never intended on really... I don't know. I started kickboxing because I was bored. I spent so many years of my childhood you know, dedicated to chess. When everyone else was playing or watching TV or doing whatever kids used to do, I spent four or five hours dedicated to something which I found difficult, and I yeah. wanted to replicate that and replace it. 
when I lost my chess coach. And to me, kickboxing was a natural progression because mm-hmm. chess is not a team sport. You can't do well. In, and in any other game, I look at other sports and I think, well, you can have a bad day, but your teammate can do well. Or you yeah. can kick the ball and the wind can blow it and it can either go in or not. There's a lot of luck involved. But chess, you sit down, you against him. And either you, if you lose, you made a mistake somewhere. You know, it, mm-hmm. may, it may be very difficult to spot. It may take a computer 500 moves in advance, but he can spot it. And kickboxing is very similar. It's if you against the other person one-on-one. Um, and I respected that about the art, and I, I that's what I did. So mm-hmm. my, my story to kickboxing is actually a little bit longer. What happened was I UFC had just started and just became a big thing. And I bought some UFC gloves and to the other guy in my in my year at school, the biggest guy, who was some African exchange student. He was about six foot six, and I was oh only about gosh. five foot ten at the time. And we had a wager. We had a wager on a fight. We put gloves on. We had a fight after mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. and that's how it started. Uh, no one really won. Teachers came. We both got suspended. But that's oh. how it started. <laughs> and then I googled like you know fighting around my area, and I found my kickboxing coach, and I went on from there. So. Oh, awesome! And it's probably cool because it teaches you to take responsibility, personal responsibility, have accountability, which I think is a huge problem in our current society, Western society. That's the absolute taking, problem. That's, yeah. That, Sorry to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. You just hit it perfectly. That's the absolute problem with Western society on every level now is that responsibility is being removed completely. Mm -hmm. Even if you look at something like alcoholism. I mean, I I met some people recently and one of them was an alcoholic, etc. I have a family member who's an alcoholic, so I'm quite close to it. But when they talk about it like it's a disease, I just can't buy that. I say I can't buy. I understand that you, you like alcohol. I understand that it's difficult for you to quit alcohol. But to, you're still the person who wakes up, goes to the store, buys the right. alcohol, goes home, opens the alcohol, drinks the alcohol, day after day. You know, that's not a disease. That's, that's making a very bad decision repeatedly. Right. If there's a disease for making bad decisions, shit, everyone would have one, you know. But people make bad decisions, and I think that's, that's, that's their own call. But as soon as they get the chance to externalize it, I caught this disease. It's not my fault. Poor mm-hmm. me. It's, I'm unlucky. They're just trying to take away any responsibility. What they want to do is continue to drink, continue to be drunk all the time, and pretend it's nothing to do with them when it's actually a lot to do with them because they're the one buying the alcohol and drinking it. And I think hit the nail on the head. It's, it's, it's the same with nearly everything. Everyone wants to blame something else or someone else for any of their misfortunes. And that's, that's why, the absolute yeah. problem with society. That's why the oppression culture thrives so much because everyone is so desperate to be, be a victim and, and not have to take responsibility and blame maybe all the problems in their life that they encounter on someone else. Be able to say it, it's because of, you know, the white man that we're oppressed or whatever it may you know, be. A black guy was just president. He literally, <laughs> he was just president. You have black guys in sports teams and rap stars pushing Lambos all across the country. And there's still black people who wake up and say, it's impossible for me to succeed because of white men. Yeah. What planet you <laughs> That's an absolute fallacy, and it's a complete cop-out. Yeah, what they're agreed. trying to do is exactly the same as the alcohol. They're trying to externalize, their, they're trying to externalize the issue because they don't want to pretend they have any ability to affect it. Because if they have the ability to affect it and they accept that, then they need to get up and get some work done. So they want to pretend it's nothing to do with them. It's nothing to do with me. Poor me, I'm an alcoholic. Poor me, I'm a black person. Poor me, I'm a woman. Poor me, I'm this. Poor me, I'm that. Mm-hmm. And even people who are in the exact same situation succeed in their face and they still pretend they're, they're oppressed. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. and back then, I mean, it was you get what you, you give. So if you work super hard, just work your butt off, then you're going to obviously see a return in some kind of capacity. The problem nowadays, though, is because they're so desperate for fairness and equality and this kind of politically correct narrative, if you don't check those boxes uh, or maybe you're lower on the oppression pole than, than, or, you know, than other people, then you're probably not going to have as good of a chance. And so it's messing up 
the natural absolutely process how is, how is that making things fair like all <laughs> planet is that making things fair i really don't know what's happening to the western world going down these paths and the crazy thing about it is the crazy thing about it is, is there's a lot of countries who don't pander to this ridiculousness there's a lot of countries out there where there's people and i'm, I'm telling this before i became I was always a, a fighter, but before I started making a lot of money from fighting, mm -hmm. I worked in a sales job. So before I had the ability to retire financially, I was working in a sales job. And I saw our our staff, half, literally half, because they were outsourcing jobs to India. They found like this, whatever yeah. they were doing on the computers, whatever it was, they could find some dude in India who would do it for a fraction of the right. money, didn't want a holiday, who did, who'd turn up on time. And you got other countries out there who aren't, who aren't playing these stupid games. They're not sitting there going, oh, well, this person's not as good but they're female and they're of color, so that'll take this right. box. How long are you going to compete in the global marketplace if you want to go down that path? You're 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 imposing rules on yourself and your opponents because that's what other countries are. Because this is a fight for resources. Your opponents are not imposing the same rules on themselves. So if you go into a street fight and say I'm only going to use my left arm, and your opponent says, Well, I'm going to pick up this brick, I don't give a shit. How yeah. long are you going to last? You <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get, get, even if you're the bigger or better person, you know, like America and the West is, you can't continue down that path forever. You're going to lose. So it's, it's ridiculous that they think this is making things fairer and they believe people's feelings are more important than the realities of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, if, 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 the, if, the, if 100 people turn up for a job and there's only 10, 10 opportunities and the 10 best people are white males, then those white males should get the job. Exactly. That's the absolute reality. That's how I see it, you know. And, and, and I'll make it clear to everyone there. My father's, I know I, I'm, I look a little bit light, but my father's, dad was black and my uh my father's mother was mixed race so he's a three-quarters black so i'm about a third black so i have a whole side of my family who's black mm. and i tell them this like, that's common sense you know yeah. they, they argue against me and i say no that's absolute common sense and then they come out with yeah but the, the white person had a better start because they went to a better school so it's not fair to impose the same kind of uh requirements on the white person and the black person but that, if you want to go down that path, that's an entire different argument because that's an argument of capitalism. That's how mm. capitalism works. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what color you are. You're born to go. You're born to go. That's capitalism. So that, that that's a whole communism capitalism argument yeah. as opposed to a race argument. So they're just confusing arguments and, and, and being stupid. And I don't know what I don't I know where it leads. It leads to cultural lunacy. That's all it leads to. Yeah, like we're seeing a lot of now. And actually, James Damore, that Google memo, I think that's one of the points he suggested. The best person should get the job. The best person. Uh, who is most qualified for it. And this was one of the reasons he was absolutely crucified. It was like unbelievable to people that he would dare say this. The, this and the reason they've done this is look, I'll be absolutely, I have a, a theory on liberals and, and, and it's, it's held true so far. Liberals are unhappy people. Liberals are unhappy people because life is a competition. The world is a competition. Mother nature is a competition. It doesn't matter what political spectrum you're from. Mother nature is nothing more than a competition. For a lion to survive, it has to outcompete other lions. And it also has to go and catch and kill some gazelles, has to outcompete gazelles, has to outcompete a lot of things. That's how yeah. Mother Nature works. And even the society we live in now, as pleasant as we try and make it, is still a competition. You still have winners and losers. And you have people who are born with some natural advantages. Yeah, right. fine, I agree. Some men are born bigger or taller, for example. Some women are more, born more good looking than others. There's, there's natural advantages, but however, that doesn't negate the ability to succeed. There are still you know, small men who become very successful fighters are still whatever, whatever. So there's nothing really stopping you. And these people are just unhappy with the fact that life's a competition. They're, they're obsessed with fairness because they don't believe that they can get where they want to get. So what they try and do is change the entire system of the world. They want to complain about the system, complain the world's not fair. And really, it's just some kind of self-hatred, some kind of twisted, skewed, dislike, 
myself unhappiness. That's the only reason I can think of why some idiot would get up in the middle of the night and start busting up a statue of a guy they probably yeah, didn't hear exactly. of. They didn't hear of two months ago. They didn't even know who he was. And they didn't bother reading his Wikipedia page properly. They don't even know what he did. But they're just so angry at the world, they have to go break something. And that's some self-hatred. That's some unhappy mm -hmm. person stuff. Normal people don't do that kind of thing. Or like that one article you mentioned where the one guy went through and like counted all the lines that, that uh, of white actors in comparison to the, the minority actors and how like white people had more lines or whatever. Like the amount of time he must have put into that or whoever did it. Crazy. What kind of miserable <laughs> human? Sits watching a movie with a pad and paper, writing down the number of syllables made by each, classifying everyone by race, which is exactly what they say yeah. you shouldn't do. We're all one people. So he classifies everyone by race, who's a hypocrite, and then sits there and writes down the syllables for her. He doesn't have a girlfriend. You know, he has, he's, not, he's not fulfilled with his life. He's, yeah. not got a happy, he's not got a happy existence. That's a very unhappy person. And then they take their findings to Twitter and they tweet it out at all the other unhappy people. And all the other unhappy people latch onto it. And they start complaining about how the world's unfair. It's ridiculous. And literally, literally, this is happening while a black person's president. Yeah. Absolutely. It's insanity. It's, it's insanity on every level. Mm -hmm. And these people refuse to think logically because they're so emotionally invested in their self-suffering. They're so emotionally invested in this I'm being oppressed yeah. narrative. Because as soon as you remove the narrative, they're responsible for their own failures. That's, that's what happens. You remove the yeah. narrative. They are responsible for the fact that, yeah, you had a bad start. You grew up in the ghetto. That's fine. But some people got out of the ghetto. You're still in the ghetto shooting at cops. So that's your fault. You want to blame the whole system and all this stupid. No, it's absolutely your fault. So they, they don't want to have to take any personal responsibility. So that narrative is yeah. extremely important to them. And that's why they defend it so emotionally. Because it's all they've got. It's their only excuse. You know, no one wants to admit they're a loser. Yeah, they well, want to have an excuse. In order to promote the narrative they have, they have, they have to exchange uh, logic for just emotion. And so they're, they're all like running on emotions. That's why they're so hysterical all the time. But do you think, do you believe that race relations are as bad as the media, the mainstream media and, and many of these other, you know, really liberal public figures? Do you, do you think it's as bad as they make it out to be? No, I don't think it's as bad as they make it out to be. I have a, I have a very strong suspicion that if you're a black man and you're stopped by the cops and you comply, that you're probably not going to get shot. Yeah. I mean, how long would people last if they were really out to kill you all? You know, like, mm -hmm. it's ridiculous. I'm not completely white. I know a lot of my black family have said to me, oh, you're white passing, so you don't understand and all this yeah. bullshit. I mean, I, I don't think it's nearly as bad. I think the people who are absolutely creating the problem and propagating the issue and making the race relations worse are the liberal left. Yeah. I think it's the liberal left which make all of this worse. They pretend they're trying to fix things, but by constantly mentioning the differences in race, constantly talking about race, constantly looking at like the movie lines, you know, the Oscars, not enough black actors. Yeah. Were, there was black actors the year before that. The Oscars is obviously not racist because the year before that there was loads of black actors. This one particular year, we don't, there was no black actors doing anything as that special. No, now we have to change the Oscars and Oscars are racist. Like there's such a massive logic fail from the left and they're absolutely not really making the issues. They're making the issues that they pretend they're trying to fight. And they're, they're, they, they don't have any problem doing this and making the issue worse because this is more validation to their imaginary oppression. This mm -hmm. is more validation to the imaginary oppressive cloud over their, their life that keeps them not being who they really want to be Poor them. Mm -hmm. It's really crazy. And the craziest thing about it is, is, is that all of this happens in the West, which is the, are the freest countries on the yeah. world. You know, the, you know, they're not perfect. No country is. But they're the freest countries in the world. You want, if you're unhappy with how free you feel in America – Feel free 
to go to Yemen, Saudi Arabia, <laughs> yeah, exactly. China, and start talking about what you're unhappy with. You know, it's, it's, it's madness. It's really crazy. They're free enough to talk about how unfree they are. And, mm -hmm. and all they complain about is how they're not free. Crazy. Yeah, it's there's so much race fading. It's insane. People just create problems because there's not enough around for them to actually be legitimately oppressed. So they have to create them. But then at the same time, they'll like align feminism with Islam. Like none of it makes any sense. None of but it at all. When Don <laughs> look, Donald Trump, who's the savior of the Western world, by the way, I'll make that very, very clear. America's done an amazing thing electing Donald Trump. If, if Hillary would have got in, that literally would have been the yeah. end of the Western world. And I'm telling you as an American who's lived in America, who's lived in Western Europe and lived in Eastern Europe, and I've seen it all, and I've seen how Western Europe has absolutely fallen to pieces. I just tweeted about an hour ago, the, the, the youngest victim of the Barcelona attack, the little boy who was killed mm. and run over by a van, his father has just been filmed hugging an imam. I saw that, yeah. You know, it's like, so the, the, the culture has become so weak now. And, and in Western Europe, we are, they're indoctrinating the men because men are the warriors of a civilization. That's, that's the reality of it. Mm -hmm. if, if a civilization needs to fight, it should be the men who go and do it. We're the warriors of a civilization. When you lose your ability to, to grow or create or maintain any kind of warrior class, it's only a matter of time to your conquer. That's history. That's not about anything else. You can look at history, name one civilization that had no warriors and still and lasted very long. And you know, so when the warriors of a class can lose their son, can be run over in the middle of the street, and the first thing they want to do is virtue signal and look like the nice guy and go hugging people. These are the kind of men that are left to defend Western Europe due to the policies, mm -hmm. due to the leadership which is elected. It's absolutely crazy. And when Trump stands up in front of Boy Scouts, all they do is start talking about how he's toxically masculine because he's just yeah, happy. Yeah, I actually, yeah. He's a man. I know, I actually yeah. wanted to ask you that question. What is your advice to young men nowadays who are constantly shoved down their throat that their masculinity is toxic? Because I see this everywhere. And so they want like all the men to be effeminate. They want to just rid the world of alpha males. Tosky, toxically masculine, in mm -hmm. my mind, from what I've seen, basically means masculine. If yeah. you're a man, if you're masculine in any form, it's all of a sudden it's toxic. I know, yeah. But they don't complain that, you know, you're toxically masculine when the house is on fire and the firefighters <laughs> running through yeah, the exactly. burning flames. They didn't complain that you were toxically masculine on the Titanic when they let the women and children go first. Mm -hmm. They don't complain about toxic. There's no feminist on the Titanic. No. They, they Then they want to get off. Yeah. So it's toxically masculine until they need masculinity. Right. And we live, in a, we live in a sheltered world now, and especially in the West, where, fair enough, and I hear this all the time because I'm right-wing on Twitter, and constantly on Twitter people say to me, this isn't caveman days. You think because you can fight it matters. Being able to fight doesn't matter. That I, I'm not saying you have to be able to fight, but I'm saying you have to be a man on, on some level, you know? And and these men are be, grow, growing up thinking that being strong doesn't matter, being able to defend yourself doesn't matter, being able to defend your country and what you believe in and your mm -hmm. wife and your kids. None of that matters. Just let them get run over by trucks. As long as I'm not racist, as long as yeah. no one thinks I'm racist, I'm a, I'm a real man. And that's, and that's, that's a long process. They've got us here through, through a variety of measures and there's lots of things they've done, but Western Europe has fallen to a point where I don't believe it can be recovered. I really don't believe Western Europe can be recovered with the number of immigrants who are coming in. And I don't blame the immigrants 1%. I'll make that very, very clear. If you're, if you're a dominant, if you're from a culture where men are masculine and you're a dominant culture, you have a dominant religion and you don't care what place on earth you, you live, your religion comes first to you and you believe in what you believe in. You believe that women should be below men. You believe in all these things. 
and you're going to stick with it and you're going to turn up to uh, an area or a country where the native population are prepared to be subjugated and allow you to do whatever you want and walk all over them. You can't blame the immigrants for doing what they do. When I walk through England and I see entire areas which don't speak English and are Muslim only and they have mosques in the middle, I don't sit and think, oh, these Muslims, I can't believe they did that. I sit and think, what counselor signed this off? Right. Like, like what, what, what person allowed this to happen? You can't be angry at, at, the, at the predator when, when, when it's, it's the antelope who's decided to go walk along the lions and chill. Of course the lion's going to piss, you know, it's eventually going to yeah. take, take a bite. <laughs> exactly. So I'm not really angry. I'm not even angry at the immigrants. I'm angry. I just don't understand why the Western Europe, America's doing a better job, but Western Europe has completely sold itself out mm. on every level to the point where they're letting unchecked immigration. They don't know if these people have AIDS. They don't know if they have hepatitis. They don't know if they have criminal records. They can be rapists and murderers, military. Ra- they don't know anything about these people. But in the name of not being racist, it's more important that we just allow them in. Mm-hmm. And, and even if they're going to commit terrorist attacks, that's okay as long as we are not racist. This virtue signaling has gotten to a dangerous level where lives are being lost. It's, it's ridiculous. I, I don't know what's going on. It's crazy. And, wh- and when I'm, I live in Eastern Europe now, and Eastern Europe is mm-hmm. a completely different scenario, completely different. It's amazing how the EU is split. The European Union is currently suing Slovakia, Poland, and Czech Republic. A lot of these countries yeah. are suing because they're refusing to accept migrants. And the country I live in, Romania, in the last three, Romania actually is probably one of the more liberal ones because Romania agreed to accept 2,000 migrants across four years. That's what they agreed to accept. And in the last four years, they've only accepted 440. And the reason for that is because they refuse to let anyone in who hasn't got a full medical background and a full criminal background. And these people can't get the paperwork. So Romania's like, well, we don't know who you are. Sorry. And that's a completely that's logical, smart, yeah. out- that's a smart outlook. How, and people say, oh, they're racist. That does not make you racist. That make you, that's nothing short of completely logical. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with the world. I mean, especially in, in, in London and, and these affluent parts of Western Europe, they are so liberal. They're just desperate to be destroyed. Is, is this one of the reasons you moved from London to Romania? I wouldn't say it's the only reason. It's just a, a perk, a benefit I've noticed. Right. I mean, Eastern Europe has its problems as well. It has a, a lower average wage than... Than, than the West, and there's a big wealth divide. There's a lot of people with a lot of money, and there's a lot of people with no money. Um, so the big wealth divide and that kind of thing. So I moved there for other reasons, but it's just something I noticed since I've been there. And every time there's a terrorist attack, every single time, and people hear me speaking English, the the Romanians or they always say to me, "Why do you why do you, do you do nothing?" They're like confused, they're baffled. Yeah. They're like, "So what? No one does nothing?" I'm like, "No, they don't do anything." Mm. He goes, "Well, why?" I was like, I don't, I don't know why, because they're cowards. <laughs> We're just going to, everyone's going to allow themselves to be defeated without even retaliating in any kind of capacity. It's ridiculous. So what, if any, what general differences do you notice between like the men and women of Eastern Europe and then the men and women of Western Europe, including the, the USA as well, though? Okay, so I, I'll comment more on, on Western Europe than the USA. Okay. I still think, I still think the USA has to, although you have this problem with these social justice worries and liberals, etc., you still do have a strong military. You still have do have men yes. who are prepared to go and die for their country. You still do have this these things. Whereas in Western Europe, especially, like trying to get someone to join the army is near impossible. No one's interested in fighting for their country. No one has any patriotism towards their particular country. I think that's a the European Union has kind of aided that because people it's so easy for people to travel now. Well, mm-hmm. am I English? Am I European? I'm, I'm French. I'm yeah. German. I'm everything. Everyone's everything. No one feels you know, protective over their territory. And this is the thing that's about it. I really do think the decline in masculinity is one of the most important factors in the reason why all this, all this is happening. Because if you look at history, you look at civilizations all the way back, it's always been a man's job to defend a territory. 
it's never been really a woman's job to defend a territory. It's always been the man's job to defend a territory. So it's a man's job to feel territorial. And when you have men who are so weak, they don't feel territorial anymore. When you've got these foreign people coming to their country, they don't care. Oh, it's fine. They don't feel territory over their land anymore. Then, then what else is going to happen? You know, this is what's happened. They, they have no patriotism left. They're not, they're not interested in fighting. And on top of all that, the number one thing I've learned about life, and not even just this issue, but about life, is that cowardice is always dis- disguised as virtue. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah that so, is a really, really good clarification. Very good. It, it, I would 100% agree. Is. Because even if you look at my professional career, the number of men who came to me and said, I couldn't be a kickboxer, you know, I wouldn't really, you know, you're just punching people and it's, it's, it's inane and I wouldn't do it. Basically, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to go in front of people and risk my health and get paid good money. So I'm going to pretend it's stupid and unnecessary. Yeah. That's, and that's cowardice disguised, disguised as virtue. And mm-hmm. it's absolutely the same with this current issue. They can either admit there's an issue and have to do something drastic about it, but that takes, that takes you know, balls. They don't want to do that. So they want to pretend there is no issue. They want to be cowards. So if you're going to be a coward, the last thing you're going to do is say, yes, there's a problem with Islamic extremism in Europe, but I don't want to do anything about it. What you're going to do is say, there's no problem with Islamic extremism. There's no, no, that's just one crazy guy. There is no problem. My neighbor is a Muslim. He's fine. That, and they're going to pretend that there's no problem. And they're going to talk about how unracist they are and how everyone else who thinks there's a problem is a racist because they're just trying to hide their cowardice. Now, I'm not sitting here and no one on the right is sitting saying that every Muslim's a terrorist. But we are saying that most of the terrorists are Muslims. Yeah. So to pretend there's not a link to the two is inane. You can't pretend there isn't a link between the two things. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely a link. And if I was in charge, especially in Western Europe, what we need is a leader who stands up and says, fine, Muslims are welcome here. It's a multicultural society. That's fine. But this problem, which we are experiencing, is an Islamic problem. You can't pretend it's not an Islamic problem because it is an Islamic problem. They are doing it under your name. And therefore, the Islamic community who wants to live in the West and be integrated with the West and respected by the West needs to stand up and take measures against this problem. You can't tell me that these people who are driving vans through crowds and doing these crazy things, who've attended the mosque every Sunday for years, have never said a word to anyone ever that made them think they were extremists. Of course they have. Yeah. Of course they've said things they shouldn't have said. Of course people have heard it, but they just don't want to say anything to the police. They just all oh, put their mother, they put their faith above their country. They put their faith above other people and they want to stick together. And you have these large communities and, and they say, it's just one lone wolf. This lone wolf thing isn't real. Humans are social animals. There's no such thing as a lone wolf, crazy, completely mm-hmm. on his own guy. That's not real. These are these people are in groups. They're they operating networks. in groups. They're groups. They're networks. They're going to the mosque. They're interacting yeah. with other people. People know what's going on, but they just don't want to. So what we need to do is put the actual pressure on the Islamic community and say, look, fine, you're a Muslim, fine, you're welcome here, that's fine. But there's a problem here where people are losing their lives and you need to take responsibility for it, own up to it, admit it's a problem with your faith and your beliefs yeah. and do something about it and fix it instead of sitting there going, it's nothing to do with me, nothing to do with us, we're innocent, don't put, pick on us, we're, we're the victims here. <laughs> and they play this card. And they play this Every card time. repeatedly, and that's why nothing gets fixed. Mm-hmm. And that's why nothing will get fixed. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's crazy. And uh, yeah, sorry, it's, it's it's like that saying, and it applies to both men and women. But we easy times create weak men, and hard times create strong men. The thing is, it's been so easy for us for so long that we have to yeah. essentially create our own problems in order to have any kind of hardship. So it would take actually you changing your life, you getting up, doing something, risking your reputation, yeah. possibly your job 
yeah. really just working hard just to go through all of the crap that the mainstream media, all these people are going to throw at you. So that's yeah. what it's going to take. But most people just, unless it's affecting them directly in a very, very negative way, they're like, someone else will take care of it. But that's not true anymore. Now is the time. It's, it's now or never. Like the Absolutely. political climate is so heated, people are killing each other. I completely agree with you. And you're right about having to get up and do something. And you're especially right about jobs and these kind of things now. People are afraid to have an opinion, mm. which is anything other than, you know, the mainstream media opinion. This is the opinion. It's one lone wolf, nothing to do with Muslims, one crazy guy, nothing to do. The, the, the mad thing about this all to me is we've had terrorist attacks in Sweden. We've had them in France. We've had them in Spain. Yeah. We've had them in England. We've had them. And since we, they all occurred, We've done absolutely nothing from a legislation standpoint to prevent future attacks. Like, we've done nothing. Like, nothing has changed. It's just We're pray for our... Manchester, pray for Barcelona, hashtag, 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 change your profile picture to honor them or light up the Eiffel Tower. It's ludicrous. It doesn't help if anything. That's, if, that's not, if that's not cowardice in a nutshell, yeah. there it is for you. That That is cowardice in a nutshell because to actually do something about it would take firm action. And yeah, some people would get upset. Some people would be annoyed. But you know what? It would not be too much for the prime minister of one of these countries to stand up and say, this is an Islamic problem and I want to work with the Islamic community. I don't want to segregate them. I want to work with them and they're going to try harder to prevent this. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to show that the Muslims out there, if you feel someone's an extremist, you can report them without betraying your faith because the Islamic community will support you doing that because they genuinely believe in the West and the mm -hmm. free. But they won't do any of that. They don't want to do any of that because they don't want to admit it's an Islamic problem. And they mm -hmm. don't want, the, I think the main reason they don't want to do that, in my view, is because they're afraid that that's going to actually expose how many Muslims aren't pro-West and how many of them actually are far more, maybe not necessarily terrorists, but more sympathetic than the West would like you to believe. Right. I mean, I, I know a lot of Muslims. I have plenty of Muslim friends, you know, and they'll say the same thing after a terrorist attack. Ah, but you bombed us first. Ah, da -da. Yeah. That to it, you know, and once they don't want it, they don't want the last thing that the mainstream media wants to do is start exposing exactly how many Muslims are actually sympathetic to these kind of atrocities, or even if not sympathetic, just not outraged by them. Like, oh, well, you know, you did it to us, you know? And these people are living in, in Western countries. So the last thing that they want to do is expose and show everyone the actual true percentage of Muslims who don't care about Islamic terror, aren't mm -hmm. interested in fixing it. And that's the reason they don't want to work with the Islamic community. And that's the reason they won't even name it as Islamic terrorism. It's crazy. And it's not going to get better at any time soon. Mm -hmm. and, they can, and they can pretend, you know, this whole narrative of, America bombed them first, so this is why they're doing it. America bombed Iraq, so why is a Somalian attacking a Belgian police officer with a sword? Like, this is, that's the most, this, that link doesn't work there. Mm -hmm. That's nothing to do with anything. It's crazy. They're very much about infiltrating. They'll, they'll go to different countries and infiltrate, like marry the women, have children convert people to Islam. So it, it's very much really? about that. And that's what people don't understand. But the thing is, the more people that stand up and do speak out, the easier it's going to be for each individual fighting. It'll just Absolutely. lighten the load 100%. Completely agree. And, and, and once again, I do not blame them for infiltrating Western culture. I blame Western men for allowing it to happen. If, if these people, they put their religion above anything else and they, they make it very clear they don't care what country they live on, they don't care if they're on the moon, Islam comes first. Mm -hmm. That's what they believe. And if you're going to allow those kind of people into your country, then you need to be strong enough as a nation and the men of the nation to be strong enough to imply or implicit certain rules. Say, fine, you want to believe this, that's fine. But you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. This is not that. We're not an Islamic country. This isn't going to happen. That's not, but when you're going to allow them to come in and walk all over you, well, then you just absolutely you sacrificed yourself. And I, and I look there to point the blame. I can't point the blame at the, at, the, at the conquerors. I have to point the blame at the person who just opened up the gate 
and just sat there. You know, it's like the person putting a million dollars on the doorstep, and leaving the door unlocked to go on holiday, coming back and saying, those robbers, <laughs> exactly. you know, it's like, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And it's down to a lot of things. One is, one is the weak leadership of the West, but a lot of it is down to the fact that Western men aren't warriors anymore. Western men are not warriors anymore. They don't want to be warriors. They don't want to fight. Mm. They want to be feminized. Everything on TV is feminized. All the characters from Friends. I watched Friends the other day, and the male characters in Friends were more feminine than any woman I've ever met in my life. It's, it's, you know, this is, the, this is the media now, and they're just mm. producing feminized men. And I have my own theory on why they're doing that. But that's, that's why all this is being allowed to go down. What's your theory on that? I'm interested to know. Okay. I'm not, I'm not let's, let's, let's get into it. All right, let's get into it. So I've thought for a long time, why, what, how could a country benefit from feminized men? Like, what's the benefit? If they're doing this on purpose, if all the media is about feminized men and stuff, what, what's the actual benefit from it? And by coincidence, I read a uh, article about how societies and cities only started to form when testosterone levels in men started to drop. Mm-hmm. So in cavemen days, you couldn't have cities because if a man wanted to live amongst other men, if one of the men was rude to him, he'd just pick up a rock and say, all right, then bang. <laughs> so, right. With no talking about it, it was just that's how it was. So when tos- testosterone levels start to drop, then society gelled. So then I'm think, sitting there thinking, and I'm looking into it, and in, in the richest countries in the world, men have the lowest testosterone levels. Whereas in like Eastern Europe, for example, where men are still men, you look at Russian men. Russian men yeah. do not talk for five seconds, mm-hmm. you know? But they're not nearly as economically rich as the West. And I've noticed the same thing with Eastern Europe. Men are still men, especially in Poland, Romania, etc. But they're not as economically rich as the West. So I did some research into it. I spoke to a few economists, etc., etc. And I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that the best thing that can possibly happen for an economy is is a family unit. That's the best thing that can possibly oh, happen yeah, for an economy. Absolutely. That's the best thing that can happen for an economy. And what happens is if you remove religion, a lot of these European countries are religious, but if you remove religion, <laughs> men with high testosterone levels, unless the woman is particularly, you know, loving and, and submissive, etc., they're not gonna be prepared to slug out a long marriage. Especially if this is the, this is what I've, I've witnessed and I've been told. Men with the higher testosterone levels, the woman annoys them, they'll go get another woman, they'll get another woman, they'll have four, they'll have kids with all of them. Mm-hmm. All these kind of things will happen, they'll prevent having a solid family unit. Whereas if you have a feminized man, I'm not saying that any man who sticks by his family is feminine. I'm not saying that whatsoever. I'm saying that if you have feminized men, you allow for family units to be created, which are basically just a sexless marriage, a guy who pays taxes, his kids don't love him, he's unhappy, but he's going to stay there and he's going to continue paying taxes and continue raising the kids anyway. And you're allowed to put these little worker ants together and you're allowed to have these little these little units of families which pay tax and are good for the overall economy because the economy isn't or the government's not going to pay to raise mm-hmm. anyone but it's not necessarily beneficial to the man himself. I've, I I, mean, I, and a lot of this actually comes from experience as well. In Romania, I, I've seen a lot of guys from the West turn up trying to find himself a nice, young, hot Romanian yeah. wife. Also the same thing. Oh, my wife doesn't love me anymore, but I can't divorce her because she'll get the house. Yeah. I'm just trying to find a sugar baby kind of thing on the sly. And I just look at him and I just think, you know, you've been unhappy for so long. And, and I think a lot of that's down to because your masculinity has been stripped to the point where you're afraid to even say to your wife, no. What do you mean, you know, that's, that's how it's going to be. That's not how it's going to be. I mean, I want to keep this. I don't want to say too many things because I don't want to go above an age bracket. But in, in my view, if, if you're married to a woman and she says oh, and she decides that you're not going to have sex for six months in a row and you're not supposed to ever cheat ever. You know, like this, this is this is how some men end up living their lives, just sexless and unhappy. And ridiculous. And I think that comes down to being a feminized, a man of a high testosterone level, a masculine man will never allow himself to be in that situation. So 
Well, it's very hard for them because if they do get married and it's very unhappy, a lot of them do divorce. Like the divorce rate is very high like in the U.S., but a lot of them, if they divorce, the problem then becomes there's. It's proven that there's judicial bias in the family courts. Then you have no fault divorce. All all these things, which which women benefit from the vast majority. Absolutely. So so they're just. They, they have the short end of the stick the whole way around marriage nowadays. Back then it was like no divorce, you remain faithful. Like yeah, all of this yeah. was so scandalous. So people, it would keep a lot of people in check. And uh, yeah. people just had stronger morals, all these sorts of things. Nowadays it's yeah. a lot of people, I could, like I would love, I'm going to get married and, and uh, not get divorced, all these kinds of things. But I do understand why there are so many men nowadays who don't want to get married. And I, and I don't blame them until all of these problems are rectified because why would you want this deal? You know, especially if, if the woman, woman believes in divorce and could just leave you and take you for all you've got. 100%. And this is where, you know, we're diversifying a little bit, but this is how society works. It's like a food chain, isn't it? When certain things begin to break down, the whole mm. thing breaks down. We're talking about immigration, we're talking about migration, all these problems, and we're talking about how men aren't men anymore. And that can go back a level, and you look at how gender roles have completely failed in yeah. many parts of the Western world. And this is the result of it. It's crazy to me, you know, it's really crazy to me as, a, as an individual, when I listen to people talk about how things should be, which completely disagree with history like let's say hitting kids when i was a kid if i made a mistake i got smacked in the face i got hit that way that's how i was hit you know if you maybe you act stupid you get hit i didn't get beaten up i wasn't abused but yeah. i got smacked black stupid now you see on tv these psychologists saying you should never hit a kid it's bad for the kid it's bad for the kid i'm sitting there thinking well my life's pretty good you know i'm i'm fine mm -hmm. i'm pretty logical and up until about 1995 whenever this junk started coming out every kid got hit you know like we went to the moon in the 60s. We built the pyramids. We built the Great Wall of China. We populated the earth. We did all these amazing things. Mm. We sailed the seven seas while kids were getting hit. And now you're going to tell me because <laughs> yeah. it, it's not going to allow humans to, to function. That's, that's an absolute lie. That's not true. And now you've come along, you're telling me how it should be. And you have no empirical historical evidence to back up your claim. You can't sit there and say not hitting kids makes the generation better. You don't know. You have no idea. We're descending now into this lunacy, probably because most of these kids have never seen the hardship in their upbringing. They've just been brought up like little snowflakes, never been punished for anything, mm -hmm. told they deserve the world for no reason. And that's why they're marching down the street complaining about stuff. This is the result of that kind of, of madness. And that's, once again, a breakdown in gender roles is exactly, you can apply it exactly the same. Mm -hmm. This is the dawn of time. Men have had a role and women have had a role. And that's how societies and that's how cities and that's how humans have always functioned across the mm -hmm. world. And I'm not sexist when I say this. No, I'm not at all. Not. I was, I but, mean, personally, yeah, I was kind of honorary, like stubborn towards like the traditional gender roles in my earlier teens. But then I read a book actually based on the traditional gender roles, how men are the builders and women are the nurturers and how this is very positive to a productive and flourishing society. And of course it was a hard pill to swallow because the women, you know, aren't doing like the, the, the glorious things like building and stuff, but it is. It's, it is a really dignified, noble role to be a mother. You're raising the next generation. It's like, there's this quote that says like, the hand that rocks the cradle is the, is the hand that controls the world. And it's true in a sense because you're raising the next generation. It's the most important job on earth. It's the absolutely most important and most noble job on earth. The best thing a woman can do is find a man that she yeah. loves, have a loving family and raise those children to the best of her ability. There's nothing better a female can achieve than that one thing. So these were, I, and you know, since the dawn of time, you look at every single history, if you look at every single civilization from history, there's never been one where the women were in charge of fighting and the, there's never ever existed. 
and and if if people sit and say to me, oh, well, that's a coincidence, it's not a coincidence because there's civilizations which never met each other. The Chinese and the Aztecs never spoke yeah. ever. And the men were in charge of certain things and the women were in charge of certain things. And that the fact that this happened independently across the entire earth since the dawn of human time shows that that's the way it's meant to be. Mm -hmm. So now you want to come along as a psychologist and say, that's not the way it's meant to be. Social constructs. Yeah, yeah. That's gender roles. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> mission destroy the very foundational blocks that have built human civilization to the point we're at. So a mission to destroy it. And, and, and they seem to think this is going to lead somewhere good. And mm -hmm. I don't understand how they can believe that. Either they, either they don't believe that and they just don't care, or they're morons. Mm -hmm. There's no other way you can believe that completely destroying gender roles is going to happen. And this is why marriages, this is why we have a problem with, especially in Western Europe, you have declining birth rates, populations are going yeah. down. No one's having kids because no one's getting married. And no one's getting married because gender roles are all messed up. So you can't find a woman who you can sit and say, look, I'm going to make, I'll make money. Yeah, you can have a job. You can do what you enjoy. Da -da, but let me be in charge of this. And we're going to have a family. and We're going to love each other. Da -da. No, you just meet these chicks who think it's okay to act like a guy who want to go on holiday and have X amount of sexual partners they're never going to see again, who want to drink too much and wet the bed and act like complete, yeah. especially English girls. Anyone who's seen this, who's ever been to England will know. If you want to watch, it's called Geordie Shore. Feel free to check in and watch it. It's an English TV show about English girls. They'll, they'll, they go out, they drink beer, they get so drunk, they fall asleep in the middle of the street with their pants down. It's an absolute joke. Like, it's yeah. on every level. And like, at what point am I supposed to come along and scoop her up and marry her? Like, unless <laughs> I'm a total idiot, yeah. I'm never going to do that. And this is what happens. Gender roles have broken down. The discipline of children have broken down. And now this is why in the Western world, we're just being completely invaded and conquered because it's, it's, it's a food chain from the very basic levels of the most important things in the world they've been they've been completely destroyed mm -hmm. the, the left the liberals don't even believe that men and women are biologically determined anymore. yeah they're so crazy they pretend that you're born a man you're not a man you're anything you decide you're a, you're a daisy you're a banana you're a butterfly <laughs> and this is how this is how ridiculous they want to be with their thinking and they wonder why our civilization's falling apart absolutely crazy and the worst thing sorry go on no, I was just going to say, I think they call it other kin. It's a real thing. Like, they all identify as animals and all sorts of weird stuff. I, I was researching it the other day, and I was traumatized. But this is a real thing. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know anymore. The thing is, though, a lot of people say, oh, our demographics are shrinking. You know, we need to all go out and have babies, have babies. And it's like, yeah, this is true. But we need to have strong families. Because Absolutely. those are the ones, like ones that are actually going to stay together, that have some kind of values, that love their country, their tradition, all these kinds of things. You can't just have, you know, a bunch of barbarian children and then unleash them but, on the world, and it's not going to make it any better. Complete. I completely agree. What What I would do if I ever managed to conquer this earth, and I don't <laughs> think I would, I'm not making any strides politically besides mm. moaning on Twitter. But what we need to do, especially in the West, is, and this is what I believe we need to do. We need to re-incenticize marriage, re-incenticize having a strong family. Mm -hmm. We need to take all the money we're spending on foreign aid and re-incenticize it back in our own countries mm -hmm. to promote people having strong families, having children, and being happy with it. Because what's happened is, if you look at the population of Africa, for example, in the last 30 years, I know it sounds horrible to say, and like I said, I'm not racist because half of my family's black, but natural selection and the lack of resources kept their population low because they couldn't feed everyone. But now we are feeding everyone. And that's why their population has tripled in like 40 years. Their population has tripled in 40 years, while European countries have lost yeah. population in 40 years. So their population's gone up threefold, and our population's gone down. Mm -hmm. Now, in the long term, how long can this continue? How long can it continue for them to continue to have 10 or 12 kids and their populations explode 
and they're all prepared to jump on boats and turn up in Europe unannounced, while European families don't have kids. How long can that continue until you're completely wiped off the face of the planet? Not very long. Mm -hmm. So you need to take all the money you're spending on foreign aid feeding people who aren't from your country, who aren't of your culture, who aren't your problem. If you're an elected leader, like Trump is smart enough to say America first. This is why I'm, you're absolutely lucky you have Trump. But in the Western mm -hmm. world, they're not saying this. They want to put other people's problems above the problems of their own country, people they're not responsible for. There's nothing to do with them. They take all that money on foreign aid, re-incentivize it into marriages, once again, make the family courts fair, offer decent tax breaks to get married, make a professional man go, yeah, okay, I'm going to take the risk on losing X amount of net worth, but on a huge tax break here, it's going to be easier to raise my kids. All these things could easily be afforded if they stop throwing money and, and food at people who are just going to, who don't appreciate it, they don't care where it comes from, mm -hmm. and you know, and we're just, our own population is declining while other populations are exploding. In 200 years from now, the Western world's not going to exist as we know it because of things like this that they're doing right now. Literally, and, and there's going to be professors sitting there talking about these exact years, the 2000s, when they're like, well, yeah, that's when they messed up. That's mm -hmm. when everyone was so concerned with being other kin or whatever <laughs> and, yeah. and lost their scope of reality, you know? Mm -hmm. And to go back to the other kin thing, I'm sorry, no, there's not a single one of life's winners who's doing that. I've never, I didn't know it was a real thing, but I'm sure, I'm, I'm happy and confident to say now that life's losers are taking part in that. I'm, I'm very sure of it. I bet they're all just ugly, fat losers. I know, like you said, you, th you believe like Western Europe is lost, like they're going to be, con I, I mean, it's very hard to believe now that that's not true. But there are move, certain movements like Generation Identity, that youth movement, right-wing political youth movement that are out there doing activism, that it, it's so important what they're doing, which is why I dedicate so much of my time to help, trying to help them and promote them, because they're, they're people actually standing up and trying to do it. They might not be the, the largest movement ever now, but they're growing. And so seeing stuff like that does give me some hope, even if it's all going to be lost in the end, at least I do see that people in Europe, Western Europe, are doing something. So. Yeah, I mean, and there are a lot of people who are aware of the problems now mm -hmm, um, yeah. but it's i think a lot for a lot of people as well especially it's very difficult for them to articulate without coming either they don't want to look like a racist right, and they, right. they believe certain things but it's very difficult for them to articulate and that's why when i say what i say i try to make it very clear that like with the terrorism problem i believe we need to work with the islamic community they just need to take responsibility for what's happening and own up to it i'm not saying they're all terrorists and so we should get rid of them i'm saying no we need to place the blame where it belongs mm -hmm. that's that's mm -hmm. That's absolute common sense. You have to place the blame where it belongs. If you run a business and there's a problem in your manufacturing department, you don't place the blame on marketing, do you? That's how far is that going to get you? You're going to still produce bad product. Yeah. It's not going to get you anywhere. So this is the it's the blame game we're playing now where they don't want to even admit what the problem is. And that's what the real that's what the real issue is. Mm -hmm. But if you have conversations with a lot of people, a lot of people do agree and they know that something's wrong, but they just it's difficult for them to stand up and do anything about it and, and they're afraid because of their jobs, because of because of how you're instantly deemed if you don't automatically just go, everyone's the same, everything's fine, there's no problem here, everyone can come, and you know, this this left-wing ideology. And going back to, once again, to gender roles, as women, especially in Eastern Europe, I mean, Western Europe, become more and more powerful, as women are telling their men what to do at home, women are bossing guys around now, yeah. chicks are in charge of the house, you know, a female mindset, and obviously you're an exception, you're a wonderful unique character but a female a female mindset in general is usually more accepting and more forgiving than a man's so yeah this whole this whole women are maternal aren't they i mean I, this is just my experience if you walk past a homeless person you know more, women are more likely to be poor guy that a man's more likely well he should have got a job that men are more likely like to place the blame on them a woman's more caring in general there's obviously a massive generalization so as women gain more power and start to tell their men what to do, they have more influence over the society and the society becomes more caring, more accepting. Look at Sweden. Everyone in power in Sweden is a woman. 
They're full of immigrants. They're full of immigrants now. Mm -hmm. They have the rate of cases have gone up three thousand percent. They're canceling music festivals because of sexual assaults. They have terrorism in the streets, and it's all that. And, and all the women who are in charge, are like, yes, but we must help the refugees. Yeah. They're more disposed to empathy. Actually, that Swedish festival is happening next summer. They're organizing it, and it's women only until men, all men can learn how to behave themselves. And it's like, really, all men? So this isn't a migrant problem. They're, they're just know. so full of it. It's disgusting. But um, I actually want you to talk really quick about your, your Twitter, because your Twitter is amazing. For those who aren't following Andrew on Twitter, you have to, because I know most people probably know James Woods, but if there's someone I could compare your Twitter to, like as brutal and merciless, it's James Woods. So I'm going to post some screenshots of some of, your, some of your tweets that I loved. But um, why do you personally choose to do this? Because I know you're you know really well off. Um, you're semi-retired. You don't have to be doing any of this. So, so why do you personally choose to? Um, I, I just like to believe that maybe it's my chest root as a, as a child, mm. but I like to believe I live in a very logical world and we're all emotional people. Humans have emotions. We all feel happy. We all feel sad. No one's a robot, but I really like to believe that my worldview is, is logical. And I like to believe yeah. that I live in the real world and that I'm not clouded by how I feel because even some things I feel about, but I know, I mean, I feel a certain way about certain things. But my logical brain tells me otherwise. Right. And I just like to try and point out how I believe the world is and how the world should be seen. Mm -hmm. And so far, and I'm, I'm being genuine with this, no one has disputed me with anything other than hysterics. No one has managed to dispute me with any logic. They just dispute me with, you can't say that. Yeah. Or that, you're, you're an asshole or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, so maybe it's just me keeping myself in check. I just like to, to just to make it clear. And also, there's a degree of patriotism there. I mean, Trump has been getting such a hard time. Oh when, Trump came, when Trump came into power, it made my voice louder because the Trump, there's a, there's a line from Batman, which I know is a terrible thing to do, but there's a line from the first, I think it's the first or the second Batman movie, where he says like how everyone hates him, but he's the hero that they need, not the one they want. The I can't remember the exact line, yeah. but it's something along those lines. Like all these people who are called Trump's the enemy, he's literally saving their country while they complain about it. Like like crying children mm. being dragged to the doctor to have their injections. Like they don't understand why these things are happening. They don't know why they need to have shots or vaccines. They, they don't like it. But in the long term, it's the good thing. Yeah. And Trump's absolutely doing an amazing job. He, re he really is. And he's man enough to stand up and be hated and do a good job anyway. He's man enough to say, no, we don't need transgenders in the military. It's not good for the military. He's man enough to deal with the, the, the storm of idiots afterwards, but make the right decisions. Not many people are mad enough to do that. Mm -hmm. Not many people are mad enough to be hated on his level to get the job done right. And it's amazing that Americans have elected him. It's amazing he's bothering to save the country for all these ungrateful, spoiled brats that are just constantly crying, complaining, pretending he's some kind of massive, super racist devil when he's mm -hmm. done literally nothing wrong. And when Trump got into power, I thought I, I started speaking up a bit more about the against these idiots who are just, I, I you know, I, I, I cannot imagine living life with the perspective these people have. I cannot imagine living my life waiting for Trump to tweet so I could just copy and paste underneath it. <laughs> Trump, 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 yeah. over and over again until I'm blocked. And then updating my bio, blocked by Trump, smiley face, like, like that validates my existence. Mm -hmm. if, if the day I ever, Brittany, please, if I ever end up on that level in any sphere, please, please send something. I'll knock you down a few pegs, for please. sure. Do it's the deal. Run yeah. me over with 
Rock. Yeah, the 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 first tweet I ever saw from you was the whole thread about how you were you were talking about. By the way, I'm transgender, but I'm not gonna change anything about myself. Nothing. I'm just I'm transgender. By the way, just mentally. So you guys all have to treat me. You know, I get oppression points. Like that whole basic. It was so funny, but people believed you. Some people, and it was hilarious. Well, oh, I confirmed this. I confirmed this with the left. I was arguing with a liberal, and I said, "Well, I sent a picture of a transgender. I said, well, this person clearly looks like a man." And they said, well, it doesn't matter what he looks like. I said, so it doesn't matter how manly he looks. He's a woman because he's decided he's a woman. <laughs> and they said, yes. And I said, okay, from this point onwards, I'm a woman. I'm going to change nothing about my appearance. I'm going to keep my beard and keep my short hair. I'm going to keep my name as Andrew because you shouldn't, you shouldn't gender specify names. <laughs> I'm going to be six foot four. I'm going to be 200 pounds. I'm going to be a kickboxer, but I'm a chick from now on. And when I walk into the female toilets, I do not expect anyone to give me any 1% of a dirty look or they are a bigot and a racist mm-hmm. or whatever they are for not accepting my transition. <clears throat> and when I started saying this, they started saying, well, you can't do that. I said, like, why can't I do that? What, what's different from that? Yeah. If I put a wig on, what's the difference? Yeah. You know, that's how crazy the world's become. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely. And, and, then, and then I said, Trump would be the best troll in the world. He did this. He came out and said, he's a woman. Change nothing about his appearance. <laughs> the first female president. He could be the yeah, first. The first oh president. my gosh! And they either have to support it or be or be transphobic bigots. And I'd love to see how the left broke down in hypocrisy the day he announces he's a transgender. Oh my change. gosh, that would be amazing, Hillary Clinton. It would be one last nail in the coffin. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. So, what about like the kickboxing world in general? Or how are the political views? Are you more isolated in, in your views, or is it generally more right wing, even if they're not very public about it? Yeah, I think I think people are more right wing in, in the fighting world. I think the fighting world's full of fairly realistic individuals who mm-hmm. understand the merit of hard work and they understand to take personal responsibility on their shoulders. Um, on top of that as well, especially in kickboxing, we it's it's the the hub of kickboxing is in Eastern Europe and Russia and these kind of countries which have a have a right wing bias anyway. So yeah, it's it's quite a right wing world, and I think anyone who who understands the merits of hard work and is and is self made is is conservative. I mean, I know plenty of liberals who've grown up and become a conservative because they finally realize the reality of the world. I don't know many lib- conservatives who have one day become liberal. I don't think that transition happens the other way around. No, being liberal requires a degree of naivety and and low IQ think and emotion logic fail that it's hard to revert to. You can only grow from. Yeah. So I think that the conservative is the more mature outlook for sure. Um, And anyone who is going to take their own life into their hands for a payday and understand, you know, I better work and get this done and, and do well is usually a relatively sensible individual. So we're all fairly right-wing, I believe. Um, but not many are as, are as outspoken as me or articulate it quite as well as I will. But, I mean, I'm, I'm also fortunate in the fact that I don't have a boss and I can't be bought or sold or all these things, so yeah. I can say whatever. It's so awesome. I'm, I'm, yeah, I could just yeah. say whatever. I... It was like James Woods was tweeting the other day that there are actually a lot of celebrities that are conservative right-wing secretly but say nothing about it because they'll be blacklisted. He's like, for me, I've been blacklisted, but I don't care because I bought Apple stock in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So he, he exactly. like, none of these people, a lot of them are more conservative. I think, I think Bruce Willis, if I remember correctly, was like pro-Trump and you had like, I think Clint Eastwood was relatively pro-Trump. A lot of these, uh, John Voight, but they're older, and it just, it goes to show, like, the younger generation just doesn't understand reality. Well, the, younger, the younger generation are morons. <laughs> I think the, the smartest thing I heard a celebrity say was actually Matt Damon, and they asked Matt Damon about Trump, and he said... Was it Mark Wahlberg? Was it, oh, maybe, no, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, it was Mark, Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg, I think. Yeah, and yeah. he said something about, like, 
celebrities shouldn't get involved in politics. Yeah, it was smart. Yeah, we don't we don't understand the, the the concerns of the working man. Let them make the decision. Mm-hmm. Smartest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, but when I mean Ariana Grande concert when Katy Perry she did an interview and she said this is because there's not enough love and I just believe you know we need no borders and more love and I was sitting there thinking you live in a gated mansion with 24 hour security you're like the biggest bimbo on the planet and you think the answer to this is no borders like these people are absolutely mindless mm-hmm. like and the fact that they can actually influence the population is the scary thing. Scary yeah. thing. They'll, they'll say this junk, and people will listen to it. That's what's genuinely scary. You know, well, Katy Perry, who cares what Katy Perry thinks? Mm-hmm. Who cares what George Clooney thinks? Since when is George Clooney qualified on anything? Anyway? And didn't George Clooney, like, leave London because it was getting too dangerous from terrorism after he's, like, out there virtue signaling about accepting migrants? And ah. it's like that meme. It's like, if, if, you're, uh, if you live in a gated community but are all for open borders, you must be a liberal. And it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, it's absolutely true, and and no one calls them out on this crap, and it's it's ridiculous. And once again, I mean, I I guess maybe it's some kind of way to the top. Maybe they know something I don't know. I don't know if George is really either, he's either really really that stupid, or he thought this is gonna be very good for my career. And I'm just gonna sell out and say the things yeah. that I think want to hear. But I don't. I mean, I don't know how the media and entertainment, all these things are all liberal, left wing, all this junk, but. It's 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 really is crazy, and especially as they get more and more influence over the younger generation, younger population. I don't know if my kids will even be watching these things. Yeah, ever. it's no, good. It's, it's good to boycott it because it's just indoctrination. Absolutely, it's just indoctrination. <laughs> and it's just going on ridiculous path. You know, humans are pattern-seeking animals. That's what we are. We 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 learn not to eat a particular berry because it's poisonous. We learned not mm-hmm. to go near a particular animal because it would kill us. You don't go play and stroke the lion. If we didn't learn these things, you know, we wouldn't have lasted very long. If we right. identify a pack, but if a, a police officer identifies that, hey, if he stops a black person, he might be more likely to get shot than a white person, he's going to be more nervous. That doesn't make him racist. That's the reality. So then when Beyonce starts marching around, beating up SWAT cops and her music videos, yeah. like, you know, it's just like, it's more, it's absolute degeneracy on every level. It's degeneracy on every level. It, requ- it requires absolute lack of intellect. You have to take all the logic from your brain, remove it, and replace it with some kind of pure emotion. And that pure emotion comes from some kind of internal hatred for yourself. These people are the most sad, miserable humans on the planet. They have to be. You mm-hmm. have to be really genuinely sad to be a liberal. And this is a challenge to any liberal who watches this. I absolutely guarantee you're sad. I guarantee you have an unhappy marriage. You have a husband who, who doesn't love you and you don't love him. And you sit upset at the world. Because that's the only way you can find the focus and the fire to complain about these non-issues all day. That's the only way you can find it. Absolutely agree. Okay, so my last question for you, because we've almost been going, we've been going an hour now, but this has been great. So my last question for you is, uh, what advice do you have to men who want to speak out but are afraid to because it might ruin their reputation, obviously, their their peers might think badly of them, or obviously chances of a successful career, which is very likely getting more and more likely nowadays. So what's your advice to them personally? Because it is a very important time to take a stand. As I've said, I really believe it's now or never. I, I absolutely agree with you. And I think the most important thing that can actually happen is that more people of color start to stand up and say things. I believe the most important thing that can happen is if you're a Muslim and you are fairly conservative and you agree with what I'm saying that this is an Islamic problem and this is a Muslim responsibility and that they do need to own the problem and it does need to be labeled as it is and there has to be steps within the Islamic community to prevent these kind of things mm-hmm. happening. Because then it's your job, especially you, to stand up because that removes all the 
the counter arguments that will be thrown at a white individual, right. they no longer throw at you. And they have to deal, they have to fight you with pure logic and they're going to fail there. The logic is as follows. If, the, if, if, if uh, someone is reading the Quran and interpreting it in a way that makes them want to kill people, the only person that can correct them on their thinking regards Islam is going to be another Muslim. As an atheist or a Christian, I can't come along and tell a Muslim he's wrong about Islam. Yeah. I don't know. The only person who can is an imam or someone else in the Islamic community who's going to come along and tell him he's incorrect. So therefore, it is an Islamic problem, and it's down to Muslims to fix. And we need Muslims to, who agree with me to stand up and say, yeah, absolutely right. Because when they start saying these things, then there's no longer the cards. If I say this, you're racist, white privilege, all this mm -hmm. crap they throw, they can't throw at this, this individual. And this individual has it's a fair playing field, logic versus logic, removing their imaginary oppressions and emotion. And it's the same thing with black individuals. My father was black, and my father was absolutely against the Black Lives Matter movement. He knew they were animals. He knew they didn't actually give it, they didn't care anything about the issue. They just wanted to loot and act stupid because they were bored. And and my father once again knew the police are not all racist. If you're going to act like an idiot and not comply, or if a police officer nine times out of ten stopping a black individual has more problems than with a white individual, he's going to learn a certain pattern in his head. That's human behavior, mm -hmm. you know. Black people who also agree with this, it's super important that they stand up. We need the people of color. The last thing the right or the conservatives, the we, the last thing we want to do is marginalize minorities. We want to incorporate minorities who use their brain, who are logically, mm -hmm. you know, geared, and we need their help more than ever. And we need to, and we need their help against the white people who are social justice warriors that are so lost their minds. It's you know, so it's many white people. Oh, you know? <laughs> they like hate themselves, or they want to look good in front of the minorities. So it's like, oh, I'll hate, I'll bash the white people, and then it's like, oh, you're you're so wonderful, and just to make themselves feel good. It sometimes it seems that way, anyways. Right, it's really, it really is crazy. So this isn't about race because you have white people on the left, and you know this is not even to do with race. This is to do with logic versus emotion. This is to do with intelligence versus low IQ. This is to do with correct versus incorrect. That's what it's really about. I think the most important thing that could happen is anyone who's remotely of color. I mean, I'm a little bit brown, so I pull it up a little bit. But anyone even darker than me, if you if you share a logical, fair, balanced outlook on the world, as any conservative does, because it's the only logical outlook on the world, because it's the only outlook on the world which complies with Mother Nature and the realities of Mother Nature without pretending that men are women and, and all this other crap we've already discussed. It's important that you stand up, especially. And it's important, especially you stand up to these social justice warriors who are white-skinned, who are on the left, pretending there's oppression that don't exist, or Lord who's apologizing for all white people. I had I had an argument with her as well. But I, all this kind of stuff needs mm. to stop. And it's, it's the smart people of color we absolutely need to integrate into the conservative movement who can stand up and, 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 drop, and drop a bomb on this crap. Yeah. You know? That's what we need. We need black people to stand up and say, I'm not oppressed. That's what we need. You know? mm. That's the most important thing. Yeah, great advice. Because, I mean, if we don't de-escalate soon, people are already killing each other. Uh, so civil war is going to be inevitable. And that's just the, the harsh reality of it. That's about it for my questions. I really appreciate your time, though, Andrew. This was a really, really great interview. I had a lot of fun. And uh, where's the best place for people to find you online besides Twitter? Twitter's all I've got, really. Okay. I don't have a YouTube. I don't have a Facebook. I don't have any of those things. I'm just I'm only Banned on from Facebook for your thought Ban crimes. Yeah, banned from Facebook. <laughs> by Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg, yeah. whatever. So, I'm on Twitter. All right, cool. So, I'll link your website as well, though. And, uh, yeah, so thanks so much to everyone for watching. I hope you enjoyed. And thank you once again, Andrew. It's been a pleasure.